So it's no mystery um, that I, mm-hmm. I've been watching Firefly lately. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> OK. All right. Yep. <laughs> right. So this week, I'm sure you've already seen it because it's in the title. But we, we decided yes. that instead of going straight to Gurren Lagann again from the uh, week before the last, which was the finale of season five of My Hero, mm-hmm. I wanted to start a new show. And <laughs> it isn't because I necessarily think it's Belt. Here's what I'm... I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that part. But uh, the thing that made mm-hmm. me want to watch Outlaw Star... I've seen Outlaw Star before. Have you? I have not watched any okay. of it. Or I, just, I watched like the first five <laughs> minutes of the first episode before. Mm, okay. So uh, I've been... There, there's you know there's a lot of stuff that you try to get your friends to watch over mm-hmm. uh, a period of time. This is one of the ones that's been kind of knocking around where I'm like, have you seen that yet? It'll just like come up every once in a while. It's like, have you seen mm-hmm. Elmer Star? It's like, no. It's like, ah, it's really good. And that's really like all I say. But uh, <laughs> this one, I was like, oh, this is an opening, and it's on my mind, to say the least. Mm. Uh. Mm. <laughs> I had forgot about the specific scene where it was like, I think Joss Whedon watched Outlaw Star. Yeah, I, uh, I, I wrote down in my notes when that scene came up, I was like, Firefly, is that you? <laughs> the, uh, the little, huh? <laughs> like almost that scene exactly. If you haven't right. seen Firefly, then, uh. If you haven't seen Firefly and you do watch Outlaw Star, you will know exactly which moment we're talking about. Because it happens mm-hmm. like in episode one with an yeah, almost it's roughly I- the same beat. Yeah. Yeah. Almost an identical point in the story. Now, that being said, uh, Outlaw Star is way less of an ensemble. <laughs> it does have an ensemble. But when you watch, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been watching Firefly. I, just, I watched the first four episodes, you know, Serenity part one and two. Train job and shindig, mm-hmm. and uh, man, the show is so good. It's it's just masterful. It'll never get old to me. Um, but yeah, the uh, amount of main characters that you could argue kind of changes per episode in Firefly. Mm. For Outlaw Star, it's um, it's all one hero. Yeah. And uh, that's going to become apparent as things go on. I was going to say, I remember the first act being shorter in Outlaw Star. Because we're still in there. We haven't made it to the big the big switch over into, you know, all the fun and games quite yet for Outlaw Star. Mm. Uh, okay. So the first three episodes is still kind of in the place where, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, uh, Gene? Gene, yeah. Gene, Gene is still kind of being pulled along by the stuff that's kind of just showed up in his life all of a sudden. Specifically, right. uh, Hilda is kind of dragging him around right now. But, uh, yeah. So, so I, I will say it, it is kind of taking its time more than I remember. But uh, the, the pacing is great, in my opinion. Despite yes, that. it is very brisk. Like at the first episode, I like it was before I even realized it. The episode was over 
And it was like, oh, well, I, I mean, I want to keep going. I want to know what's happening. It never felt like it was dragging. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's a lot of ground that it's trying to cover. Uh, mm-hmm. And even though there are some flashbacks, they're brief and they're effective. Yeah, they're doing a lot more um, uh, showing rather than telling. I don't remember a, a many points where it was just like, Yes, let me dump all this exposition on you. <laughs> right. Gene is keeping this to himself, more or mm-hmm. less. And then you're you're seeing the the flashbacks in his head, kind of a PTSD situation. Mm-hmm. And then but he continues to keep it to himself and you get what's what's happening. You get what the issue is. Um Right. You're kinda starting to get the idea of why Gene Starwind <laughs> of all people has kind of been stuck on a planet his whole life. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I like how it, it, without beating you over the head with it, you're getting details about the details about how much other people know without mm-hmm. it laboring over that, I guess, to be more specific. Uh, wow. I, I'm blanking on Jim. everyone's names right now. Jim. Yeah. Jim. Jim is like kind of teasing him about being a space mm-hmm. cherry or like, uh, yeah, at some point when he was like my, my first, he's like, I'm not a cherry. My first time up was just too early. It's not laboring over that. And there's like, a there, there's a reason other than the audience needs to know this, that he's saying it. He's kind of, uh, self-conscious about it, which is, mm-hmm. that is the thing is that the problem is that he is self-conscious. He and the thing that makes him self-conscious is the trauma. Yeah. So the the reason Gene of all people who who has been shown to be like a competent, dangerous man, the reason why he seems to be uh, strangely content with staying in one place is kind of slowly getting revealed. And now we right. we more or less know. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I don't. And I, if if it does reveal more of the story, it's only going to be like providing more direction. Right. Because right now but, it's like, well, the, the reason is because he traumatically saw his father die the first time he tried to leave. So. Right. That that's plenty good enough for anyone to understand. OK, I can get why you don't want to go up, go up there quite so fast. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, in episode one, while I was watching it, I was like, this is so much better made than I remember, or rather, I guess it's so much better made than I was perhaps able to appreciate the first time I saw it, mm. <clears throat> because I, I'm I'm going to say as as good as Cowboy Bebop is. Mm hmm. There's something about the what am I trying to say here? The execution of the storytelling in Outlaw Star that feels significantly more confident, if that's a way of putting it. Like okay. the the fact that they're introducing all of these elements and and all of this chaos in the very beginning. Like they they're really not giving you time to get up to speed like yeah. the, the the accelerator is to the floor 
from the first moment. Like when that guy approaches him in the bar, it's like, okay, this is going to be the typical scene where we kind of establish, you know, the hero and, you know, why, why he's, why he's important, why we should care. And like the part where Jim's like, it didn't work, Gene. He's a cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) He shoots him in the head and he's like, that's not going to work. It's like, oh my gosh. It's really it's like you have to cut him in the side. Yeah. And then Gene does it, which is I think is a great scene showing Mm -hmm. that Gene is. Gene's reliable. Right. Like if he knows what he's doing, he he knows what he's doing, which is good to then immediately put him in situations where he has no idea what he's doing, which they do. They immediately do it. There's like no time in between. Like he's in his element. And then this chick, Rachel, shows up. And that's in episode one still. Yeah. And then like one of the things that I really love was I, I actually wrote this down was just I love the world. It's like the, the oh. mixture of the mixture of, uh, you know, ultra sci fi, you know, outrageous sci fi. I love me some outrageously designed spaceships. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, man. I love this. I love the ship design so much. And then when you start realizing these people are using magic. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's crazy. The 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 pirates are Tau masters and like their right. their ships integrate their power. <clears throat> like the, the dude that they send after him, the one with the big mm-hmm. long limbs and everything. First of all, mm-hmm. they were just able to use that guy up like that cool design that like fun character that fun like mm-hmm. opponent he gets blown up he's just a smear and it's and it was like his because of the magic bullets which is just sick <laughs> yeah I, I want to talk about that more but um uh I, I can't remember that that goon's name but he was like a high level goon you know he's he's a mm-hmm. he's a first boss but immediately gets wiped out in episode one but he did so much to where I was satisfied with him. I was like, that guy was fun. It was fun to have him around for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I love how when he like first shoots at his face, the guy like screams at the bullet and it dissipates. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> like, this is so cool. Like the villains are absolute madlands. <laughs> like they're aggressively, viciously chasing them down. Yeah, and I love that the villains who are, like, really powerful are on the front lines. Like, when oh, yeah. the old man later in the, the in these three episodes, when he's flying really close to the ship and puts his little ship grappler hand on it. Dude, it's the best. Like, I don't, I don't like anything more than having a primary villain who is breathing down their neck constantly. It's yes. like a, a very close and dangerous threat at all times like obviously it's fun having the big guy ominously in the background you know lurking Mm -hmm. in the shadows Mm -hmm. but there's just something like there's something uh uh, what's the word not physical something visceral visceral there's something visceral about having the like the the villain the bad guy Mm -hmm. is like in frame and about to get you yeah, I'm trying to think of something like a, like another comparison I can make. But like, I mean, Winter Soldier, sort of 
like Robert Redford's character is the guy that's kind of in the shadows and he's he's only a threat so much as he is a bad guy who has done the bad things to set all of this up. But yeah, and I Winter Soldier. Also like uh oh gosh, I don't know which Resident Evil it is because Nemesis. I haven't played them. Yes. It's Nemesis. But but it's also uh the remake of Resident Evil 2 with uh Mr. X and then Resident Evil 7 with Father. They the, hmm. Resident Evil does like that trope of having a guy where it's like you can't relax. You don't know where he is but he's getting closer. Yeah. I love people also, think that it Slender follows. started a really that. fun movie. Oh yeah. Oof. <laughs> That may be one of the reasons I like It Follows so much. Like, first of all, scared the life out of me. But <laughs> secondly, that is a good villain. Yeah. Anyway. Except for that. And never mind. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get back on. Too much of a track. digression. But yeah. Right. <laughs> so if we're just talking about the style of Outlaw Star, like the mm-hmm. transitions between scenes, the logo, yes. the music. Like I love the show's music, and it's when <laughs> when the show when the show broke for uh, for commercials, I just immediately wrote down, "I love this show" because that <laughs> like, like the title or the title card for the commercial break was just amazing. <laughs> it's a uh, man. I think if Gurren and Trigun didn't exist, it would be my favorite. Yep, yep. It's got to sell for the bronze, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I say this for the for the listeners who have watched uh, a bit more anime. I say this having not watched Initial D. I'll get there eventually, but I hear Initial D has some great title cards. Hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, speaking of just, you know, the, the, the production, the stuff that's that's uh, not not production, production value, I guess I should say. But uh, mm-hmm. the intro song is iconic. I don't know if maybe you had heard it before you saw this. You know, I think I had like it sounded familiar, but I don't know if it's just because I tried to watch the show before. But that intro is a banger. Well, the fact that you remembered it after having tried to watch it before. And uh, yeah, I I I know for a fact that's kind of a popular meme song. Like it's Mm. it's used for memes because it's like this is the uh, this is one of the go to anime intro songs. So like when people make their fake anime intro songs or SpongeBob, if it was anime. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff. That one pops up a lot because it, it's it's quite liked. It's it's normally going to be like that one or Full Metal Alchemist are going to mm, get yeah. uh, are going to have the song that's just like copy paste. <clears throat> but like it, it's for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember if the full kind of base cast has been introduced yet. Uh, there may. I feel like there's one that's in that title or like that's in that title sequence ensemble that I haven't seen yet. OK, yeah, I, I don't want to say for sure then. And, and it might happen before uh, the actual like real adventure gets going. <coughs> but anyway, because yeah, I'm assuming at some point <coughs> it's not going to say to be continued after every single episode. I'm not sure about that. I, th- I think that might actually oh, okay. be a, oh, cool. a staple because, well, that was also a thing of the time. Where like mm. to be continued, to be continued was this thing, at least in Japan, that was in these um, the equivalent of like pulp drama. Like mm-hmm. over here, you know, it was th- these these snippets of 
really dramatic, salacious stories that would just be in like magazines and stuff. And they were yeah, like serialized. Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were serialized and they were very short. But uh, mm-hmm. in Japan, they had these um, uh, woodblock, woodblock print kind of things that were these, on these tiny little pieces of creped paper, which you just have to look it up to know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. It almost looks yeah, like... I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, like, for our listeners, but... Oh, it's, it, it's, right. There is another person listening in the room. <laughs> right. Oh, gee, I hope not. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, they're, they're like... When I say crepe paper, it's almost like paper that looks like cloth, but it's mm-hmm. it's been shrunk. Like, it's, it's wrinkly, and that's what makes it look like cloth. But anyway, um, there were these... I mean, this is back when woodblock print was the thing they used for everything. Like, just, you know, packaging for food had woodblock prints on it. Now it's like these are super expensive and, like, they're art pieces that you would want to keep at a certain temperature in a specific room of your house. But back in the day, it was like, now we just need to put some patterns and some color on this. So you can take it to the, to the printers. But, uh, yeah, they had these little, not, like, comic books, but, like... It would have this dramatic, uh, I say dramatic, I I should say melodrama. It was basically like soap opera kind of stuff. Mm, mm -hmm. And then they had the the art that would take up most of it. And then they would just cram as much story as they could into the small bits where the art wasn't. (laughs) And um, (laughs) where was I going with this? I totally forgot. I don't know, but this this is a very interesting little bit of uh, the origin of manga. (laughs) It's yeah, it it would be before manga. What was I talking about? I was talking about with a yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So to be continued, Mm. those were Mm. made to be sort of over the top to where they would like the the main point of the story was to never give the viewer what they wanted. Like it was to never completely satisfy them. Uh, it was always yeah, okay, okay. more questions by the end. It was always like a, another massive reversal or dramatic reveal is like the stories would refuse to quit. And that is a cliffhanger after <clears throat> cliffhanger until sales started to slump a little. Now it's like, okay, <laughs> wrap that one up, start the next one ASAP. And we're going to publish the finale and the premiere of the new one at the same time. Because we got to keep people hooked. They got to get their, like, their, uh, I don't know if it was, like, weekly or monthly or whatever. Like, they had to get their fix of, of the new thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess a, a good anime-related comparison would be uh, Jiraiya's little salacious short stories in Naruto. How he has this one character that just continues to get into more more naughty trouble but yeah okay so to be continued came back in style when anime started to become uh, a little more targeted to adults because you know Mm. for for kids it's freaking i don't know astro boy to be continued you could you could say the story's over and they'll student still turn tune in next week yeah it's just episodic i mean they don't have the attention span but once it started to get like more towards adults that mm. was when to be continued got really popular and it was kind of stylish because it was kind of a throwback it was like yeah this the, it, you'll, you'll get this in um or you, you'll you'll notice this in a few other things like Trigun kind of has this feel 
about it where it's, it has this, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? This melancholic, like the story will go on thing right. constantly. And like for every plot thread that it doesn't completely tie up, it's like this feeling of, oh, they're going to go over there and maybe that story continues. But it's mm-hmm. uh, supposed to give you that feeling of, oh, I want to see that story. <laughs> Which is yeah. exactly the feeling you should always leave people with. You, sh- you should never completely satisfy them. But uh, otherwise, you've overstayed your welcome. But yeah, the, the, right. I'm pretty sure the to be continued thing stays throughout the show. If I'm wrong, then this whole rant was pointless. But around the time, like uh, <laughs> dra- like Dragon Ball made it popular again. Yeah. Because okay. that was like a mainstream thing that was constantly ending with to be continued. I was just I was thinking that it was like just because it was like a fully connected arc. Yes, this almost because I don't I don't know how episodic or how not episodic uh, Outlaw Star is, because if it's anything like uh, Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop is like almost standalone episodes with some tying threads similar to uh, Trigun until like, you know, the latter portion of Trigun. Yeah, uh, Cowboy Bebop is really episodic. It's almost like, save for mm-hmm. the episodes that introduce characters. Like Vicious and things like that, yeah. Yeah, and like Edward. It's it's a, it's a funny how late Edward comes into that show. Yeah, I know. I, 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 it always weirds me out whenever I like want to go back and rewatch it or something like that. Yeah, because when you rewatch it, you make it like three episodes in. And then, you know, you get distracted on something else. But, uh, and Edward is not in the first three episodes. Right. But she's in all the, the intros. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, the the part that we're at right now is still kind of like very hastily stitched together pieces of like, uh, say, a movie to kind of start mm. things off, which you, mm-hmm. I, I, you're probably picking up on that when it's like the to be continued thing, because it does kind of yeah. feel like you're getting a little bit you're getting like a. A short, well, not really, even really a short movie at this point. I mean, once it takes up four episodes, it's basically feature length. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember if it's episode four, but I will say I thought it was going to be episode three when, like, the the real story gets introduced. But the, okay. the thing you, that you got to peek at at the very beginning of episode one, that's where it ends up. Like, that is the beginning of the real meat of the story. And we're not we're not quite there yet. I, I forgot how long it took. Okay, you're talking about like the the very beginning of the first episode where it was like, you know, where he was saying like, get the hell out of my way because like that was that that was the line that I wrote down. I was like, that's I like that. Yeah. I just always like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a there's a specific genre of quote where it's like, right. hey, that makes me think of that one thing. <laughs> right. Seeing of that thing that makes me think of that one thing, <laughs> that poster I shared where it was like, yeah. uh, hey, this looks interesting. It's called Sakugan. Uh, there's only one episode out, but I just like I was like, hey, that looks kind of fun. And then I saw in the top left corner. I'm like, those look like drills. <laughs> and then uh, also when I when I first <laughs> saw it, I I thought of the first Dr. Stone poster because like it has a little bit of the, the whitish green and the stone and the orange. Uh-huh. I was like, that, that looks like Dr. Stone, especially with the red title. Also, if we're just talking about like posters that can sell me on something, the first Dr. Stone poster, if you're not sold on it, I don't understand you as a human. 
Like, <laughs> it's such an aggressive image. That's like, well, I have to see what that's related to. Which is, uh, dang, there was a documentary that was going to come out that I really wanted to watch. And it was about, like, I don't remember what the tagline was. It was something, I don't remember the title at all. But the tagline was something along the lines of, like, the lost art of uh, movie posters, something mm, like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, there is something about that that I feel like is noticeably inferior now. Like movie yeah. posters, uh, game covers, album art. Because if you're going back yeah. to, to, well, at least if I'm going back to the stuff that I like from the past, consistently, there's like good posters, good album art. Uh, games kind of weren't great back in the day. They got really good around, I'll say, like PS2 era is when yeah. game covers were like glorious consistently. Even the bad ones, like you, <laughs> it was suddenly dangerous where it was like, oh, man, this looks awesome. And then you put it in and it's like, this is not what I was sold. But like, right. If I'm just looking at like, I've got the Pacific Rim poster up in my room. And I like it because mm-hmm. it makes me think of Pacific Rim. But it's honestly not an amazing poster. Like if I'm talking about the composition, it's the one with the uh, with Gypsy Danger kind of falling over with the chunks falling off on the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, great moment in the movie, but it's a weird thing to show as the poster. It sells you on a movie that doesn't exist because you got these two characters here in the corner on the sand. I don't know if you got it in front of you or if, like you, you could probably look it I, up I, and find this. I can, I can mentally. Bro, like, I'm talking about the viewer. Come on. Dang it. <laughs> you go on Google Images, Pacific Rim poster. There's one with Pacific Rim, the title on the bottom. It's got a gray beach. You, you, you'll be able to tell. But you'll see in the corner, there's like two humans who are on the beach. And, you know, they're there for scale, I'm sure. But also what they should be there for is to convey to the person who hasn't seen yet. Oh, these are the people I relate to, and they've just discovered something because it looks like the way that it's angled and like the composition, it looks like they just discovered some secret giant robot. It's got a it's very much got an Iron Giant feel to it. Mm -hmm. And Gypsy Danger is not Iron Giant. Gypsy Danger is just a, a robot for doesn't even have his own brain. It's like right. th- this is for someone else to pilot. If they had had something to do with, I don't know, a kaiju, it, it would have helped a lot. Yeah, like, it's it's a decent poster. But the reason I have it is because it makes me think of Pacific Rim. Comparison. There are so many old Godzilla posters that are like if we're talking about the same genre, <laughs> far superior. Mm. I mean, even the modern Godzilla posters are superior like uh king of the monsters <laughs> has a great poster the one where it's like the blue and yellow with uh mm. king Ghidorah and godzilla it's like okay i know what that movie is i know what i'm gonna go see uh kong versus godzilla had great posters mm-hmm. but those are like exceptions yeah and uh, i mean I'm, I'm just talking about kaiju films because pacific rim here but when you think about like goodfellas that has an iconic poster. Like yeah. when people mention Goodfellas, I've seen the movie. I really like the movie. But when someone mentions it, my first image is the poster. Same thing with The Departed. Maybe Scorsese 
like wants to be involved in the posters because the Irishman also had a good poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> gosh, talking about like presentation, like the the packaging that your thing is, yeah. is kind of not just literally sold as to like, you know, the, the exchanging of, of money in order to get access to the product. But like when you're trying to like in wrestling, when they're trying to get a wrestler over with the audience, mm-hmm. it's like the, the minute that they're invested, that they're like, OK, I'm in. The packaging in Outlaw Star is like some of the best ever. Oh, yeah. Like. It, I, like I've said before, it, it is taking a bit longer than I thought it would to really mm-hmm. get to the part that I think you really get sold on. But um, all, all, I'm I, like, I'm already sold on it. OK, cool. Well, I mean, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Maybe it's like, well, we can take our time because we already have all this good stuff and we're just getting to show it off. But oh, um, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> like the introduction of Aisha is, is mm-hmm. much funnier than I remember. Like, here's I got a confession for y'all. I don't oh think boy. I don't think anime is very funny. Like the ones that that try to be funny, I I'm like stone faced through them. Yeah, there's like a there's well there's there has to be like some sort of loss of uh, loss in translation is what I'm always thinking whenever there's a, a comedy that I'm not like really laughing at. Oh, when it's foreign, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like yeah. Uh, the, there's something about the timing that's just different. Something mm-hmm. about like certain, uh, uh, um, I guess, what's the word? Certain coded language, like body language, that is just lost on me. Like every every time in the anime, when the people collectively fall over in reaction to something, mm-hmm. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm that uh, that Ryan Gosling image I like to share. When I just have a stone-faced reaction to something, it's like, I don't laugh. I don't think it's funny. It's, I'm missing something culturally to make me think it's funny. And, uh, and I'm not yeah. that much of a weeaboo where I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to laugh at that part. Let me laugh. It's like, I can't do it. I can't make myself laugh if it isn't funny. The, on, the only anime right now that I can think of offhand that has made me just like lose my mind was uh, Panty and Stocking with Garterbelt. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, funnily enough, was made after Imaishi saw Drawn Together and thought it was really funny. No one told him that Drawn Together was a complete financial disaster, you know, before he made his own complete financial disaster. But he was clearly imitating Western humor in Penny and Stocking mm-hmm. versus Garderbelt. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, most comedy anime... I watch them and I'm like, I don't, I, I can't understand anything that's happening. Like there's like, there's a universal language of like hero's journey kind of stuff. That's just in, in everything, no matter where it comes from. Mm-hmm. But with comedy, it's like, Ooh, if there's anything that is not universal, it's comedy. Right. right. <laughs> that's the thing where you got on me or you don't. <clears throat> Bro. Speaking of that, I just uh, saw the other day, um, Venom and Let There Be Carnage. Oh, goodness. I am sorry. Did I not tell no, you it was I, horrible? No, no, no. I I knew. I I almost knew that it was going to be terrible. I've, I heard people saying that it was better than the first one. That's why I was willing to give it a chance. No, also, it was I not. Haven't. 
well, I had a subscri- I have a subscription to uh, to Regal, so it's like it was included in my subscription. Is okay, like, well, well I'll, I'll I'll go watch it and not spend thirteen dollars on a ticket. I take colossal um, umbrage with anyone who thinks it was better than the original. The original oh, yeah, is not I'd, good. It's not good because I haven't I haven't seen the original either. <laughs> okay, well, 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 it's not good, but it's so, way better than that. But there was there was a moment that's the, line, the worst movie I've seen in a long time. I don't freaking I don't freaking care about spoilers <clears throat> with this movie. But there's a line right after Eddie like finds out that the girl that he likes was like engaged to another dude or something, and he's like obviously broken up or whatever. Mm. But of course, you know they're telling you all of this in dialogue. I know. And, oh, it's so bad. And there was there was a line where he just says. But I'm a real boy, and you're just an amoeba. And I was like, "Wasn't that supposed to be funny?" Yeah, um, was <laughs> Venom is not funny. The like the character Venom, the symbiote, he isn't funny right. at all. Not, uh, n- not there, in the slightest. <laughs> there was one point in the second movie where I laughed, like genuinely. I was like, <laughs> it was like. It's not even that I'm trying to not laugh, but like there was one part where me and the rest of the theater, the hardest we laughed, and it was a throwaway line. It was where they first get to the prison and he's saying, come on, who's going to care if I just polish some of these guys off? (laughs) And it was like (laughs) something about the execution was was genuinely funny because the whole movie, they're kind of setting up Venom's really hungry. But yeah. It's like now he's putting him in a maximum security system with a bunch of guys on death row. And he's like, come on. <laughs> but yeah. Also, like, I don't mean to keep harping on this movie. It's not what we're talking about. Right. But it was just there was very little action in this action movie. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> the action that was there, I'm going to say right now, if anyone deserves to be nominated for the Oscar, it was the sound design. Because the Mm, sound mm -hmm. that Carnage made, Mm -hmm. I was like, it is tragic that if we ever got a good Carnage adaptation, which I I don't even care if it happens. I don't think comic books should be movies anymore. I've actually changed my mind on that. I think they're they're better as comic books. Shocker. I mean, imagine saying such a thing. Kind of like with video games. It's like, no, these didn't just let Resident Evil be a video game. We don't need a Resident Evil movie. But anything Mm. or anyway, um. The sound that Carnage made. I'm like, if they Mm -hmm. ever try to do this again, they might have to do a different sound because it's going to be associated with this dumpster fire. But the sound was so good. Like that roar was Mm -hmm. genuinely like bone rattling. It was like, I do not like that. I do not want to in broad daylight. I don't want to hear that in the distance, let alone at night, (laughs) which it sucks that we didn't get a really freaky scene with Carnage at night, but yeah. Anyway, also despite despite the the mouths of Venom and Carnage, the movie was completely toothless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm not I'm actually I wanted to say this uh, in some way that people would hear it. I don't know if people hear this podcast, but I, I do kind of. <laughs> have a problem with his obsession where people are like, we need to make R rated. Like uh, carnage needs to be hard R. It's like, it needs to be really violent. And I'm like, 
maybe to be accurate to the source material, but if we're talking about that, don't don't make a movie. Um, mm. it's not the source material. <laughs> but yeah, but I point. I also I just take issue with there needing to be enough violence on camera to justify something. I'm like, you can do a lot with implication. And uh, I don't know, just kind of feels like that's getting lost on people. Also, I think I'm becoming old. I think I'm turning into an old person <laughs> where I'm like the crotch, the old man. <clears throat> I'm on my uh, I, I just got a nephew. So, yeah, I'm getting to this point where it's like. Can can I watch this with with children in the room? Because before it was like I had two nieces and this nephew like is going to be living like right by where I live. So I'm like, mm. he, he's going to be here a lot in the future once he's done once he's done being a baby. But um, mm-hmm. it's like, OK, well, this is a boy and I've never had a little brother. So like mm-hmm. there's this kind of thing where it's like, oh, man, this is different. Like this is a situation where this is a, a small person that I could like show things to. Yeah. And he'd be interested in. Yeah. But it's like you have to but real you have to kind of rein in. It's really when would I be able to show this? It's really recontextualize some things where it's like now when I'm watching things, it's like. Uh, this is too violent. And, yeah. and, and I'm and I'm now less interested in it, <laughs> which I'm sorry, I can only be so self-interested at this point. It's like I already got the stuff that I'm going to like, especially like when I was watching Firefly and it's like. Man, I don't need anything else. I kind of got all the stuff that I'm going to enjoy probably until I'm dead. Right. <laughs> like Gurren Firefly. I mean, that's that's basically all I need to watch. <laughs> I could watch this on replay. I'll be fine. But yeah. Anyway. Um, what got us onto Venom? What was the thing that we were on that made you think of that? Oh, we were talking about comedy not landing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... <clears throat> The the comedic stuff in most anime, I don't think is mm-hmm. very funny, usually. Mm-hmm. But I tolerate it because I understand why it's not funny. It's not an issue. Like It's like when you're in a crowd and the whole crowd's laughing and you don't get it. It's like, yeah. okay, well, I'm not mad. Like, clearly <laughs> yeah. this guy's funny. I just don't get it. But, like, right. uh, <laughs> there with the introduction of Aisha uh, Clan Clan, mm-hmm. the... Uh, I can't remember what her position was, but like she immediately gets demoted, which is funny. But the whole scene where she's talking to the video recording. Right. I oh, was, my gosh. When the guy <laughs> chuckled as he was saying, like, I, I I swear he can't hear you. Like when he chuckled and broke character that like made me lose my mind. <laughs> it was it was. First of all, that's a very. That's a very good, successful voice actor that's done a lot of things right. that you saw before you saw anime. But um, <laughs> he was like, I'm telling you, he can't hear you. <laughs> like, right. That was really funny because it's in the process of her like now not being on the same rank as this guy. <laughs> Whereas before she was just now like the chieftain of this whole ship. Oh, man, I meant to, I meant to mention that because it was just. It was the funniest scene I've seen in a while. <laughs> funniest thing I've seen in an anime in a long time. I've yeah. been watching him on a stand up, so the bar is pretty high. But that like that cracked me. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, um, which, I mean, the intro kind of spoils it, but that's definitely not the last you're going to see of her. Also, the fact that it cuts back to her after, like, she's out of the story involving Jean. Mm-hmm. I guess we could talk about, um, if we want to talk about, like, more story-focused stuff, we could talk about the, the caster gun. Yeah, I was really I'm really interested or intrigued by it. And and obviously, you know, like like I said, I haven't seen the whole show. So uh, this isn't going to be a trigun situation where it's like, oh, I can't wait to talk about that when it comes into play later, because it's like I, I, I seriously don't know. I'm not I'm not worried about like spoiling anything like that. But the caster mm-hmm. gun is just a what would you call almost like a touchstone mm. to convey everything you need to know about the universe hmm like and, and it's, it's like the perfect <clears throat> mesh of magic and and gun well and it's and technology like, yeah and, and it's attached to the hero mm. mm-hmm. and not only that it's kind of it kind of attaches jim to gene because jim is the one that like is carrying the ammo and like knows which ammo types they have left and stuff like that it's like it's not just something that the hero just pulls out and uses on his own accord. It's kind of like a special weapon that those two have between the two of them. Yeah. So it's, I I don't know. I'm not quite well versed in the words that I would use. Like I know, you know, there's like, there's names for objects in stories. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like MacGuffins, there's a checkoff gun. Uh, I know those two, but there's a lot more that I don't know. Yeah, but I, whenever somebody throws one of those words out, I'm like, all right, I, I guess I got to go look this up. Yeah, well, I, I'm right now like I, I'm diving deep on uh, character archetypes mm. and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, story structure and acts and stuff like that. Uh, and they don't have anything about the objects. I'll have to get that from somewhere else. But at least as yeah. far as Jim being a sidekick character for Gene. Mm-hmm. This is a is a cool thing that it's almost like this is the treat that the audience gets when these two are on the same page. Yeah, and it and it's a cool. I don't know. I <laughs> I guess I just like it as a device for being like it. It's just an object, but it represents so much in the story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to there's like all, there's basically an entire episode about the caster gun later. <clears throat> oh, cool. But I also like the way that it ties the hero to the villains. Because yeah, okay. the villains are the ones who are the town masters who are casting spells and doing all these like uh, chants and stuff like that. Then Gene <laughs> basically just has prepackaged town magic that he can right. fire at them that like shocks the old man. Yeah, he, he like, and he, obliterates the other dude. <laughs> right. The uh, the, the long length guy, uh, Necro from um, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Almost exactly. But uh, hmm. the whole, which, by the way, I remember watching this show back in the day and thinking, how did this not get a fighting game? Because there's so many good character designs that would be <laughs> great as fighting game characters. But that's yeah. a, that's kind of a digression. But it does kind of speak to the fact that I think that every time you have a lot of really good, memorable character designs, because a fighting game rides or dies on that. 
Like you can yeah, have I was the- actually <laughs> I was actually about to mention is like if, if Tim thinks it should have a fighting game, then it's probably worthwhile watch. <laughs> oh yeah. If I say more like if I say I want a fighting game from it, it's because I really like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I hold it in high regard. When's the Goodfellas fighting game, speaking of which? <laughs> like you know, it does mean that I think it has a lot of good memorable character design throughout <clears throat> and um yeah uh the whole thing where it's like they're kind of beating them back using the caster gun and then it misfires and it's like oh yeah right this isn't yeah legit town magic this isn't the same thing <clears throat> this this will fail regardless right. of user error <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was it was also really interesting, like just hearing him say like, oh, yeah, we have a five and a 19. It's just like, that's just really cool. There that there's these bullets that have different kinds of magic that they're classifying just under a number system. I don't know. They have different spells in them, not just different kinds of magic, mm -hmm. but different spells. Oh, uh, dang it. I don't want to spoil anything. It it does really cool stuff with a caster gun As, as like a piece of. Uh, of lore and as like a a plot device the caster gun's gotta be like one of my favorites it's up there with lightsaber <clears throat> just as like an, okay. an object that all of this meaning kind of gets concentrated into mm-hmm. uh, and, and the fact that you have one of those at all that go- yeah. that makes for a good sci-fi space opera adventure type of thing that's a good sign. I mean, fantasy has the same kind of thing. I mean, Excalibur is one of those items. Right, right. Where it's like, you can just think of Excalibur and you get, whew, man, just thinking about Excalibur make, gives me feels. But <laughs> thinking about it, it, like, it, it puts you in the universe and you start thinking of all the rules and all the like characters and you have an image of your head of like the surrounding environment. When you picture yeah. something like Excalibur and it's like it's a sword that's in a stone that'll only come out if you're worthy. And it's like, yeah, I already like this place. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, uh, what else could I talk about? Uh, there's another object that they sort of they've named it at least. But there, there's another item in Outlaw Star that kind of serves a, a, a purpose, kind of like what the caster gun serves and it's well i don't want to spoil anything i did mention excalibur so i definitely don't remember it being named so Mm. that's a good sign because once you see it again you're gonna be like oh i do remember this i do remember them saying this 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 word uh what else can we talk about? That there's a few things that we could talk about, but uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't have to come up with all of these. You can say something if you'd like. Um, I I think the thing that stuck out in my mind was the moment when uh when he's sucking it up to go and like help defend the ship. Um. Oh yeah. And and she was one. I really love the line. Well, don't get mad at me if I puke on everything. <laughs> Yeah, and then the uh, the computer says that could cause a short circuit. <laughs> right, Horus. His name is Horus, right? The computer uh, or the ship. 
Is is Hor- is Horace the computer or was Horace one of her guys? Oh no, yeah. Horace is the computer. What was the name okay. of the robot at the at the port? Oh, I can't remember his name. Also, I'm gonna I say love Swayze, the but that weird wasn't alien. Oh, the weird alien designs are great. Yeah, I like uh <laughs> I, I like the I don't know. I just I like the art style. I like whoever came mm-hmm. up with this stuff. I like them. They're they're good at this. Uh, yeah. Swanzo was that his name? Something close that to that. That sounds correct. That sounds correct. I I loved that character. I liked I like I liked his complete non-reaction to having a gun pointed at him. And then mm-hmm. I liked uh, when they come back and he and his dudes have already beaten up the people that are trying to steal the ship. <laughs> and he's like, hey, "What took you so long?" It's like I like him. I can't wait to see him again. Yeah. What was the place um, that they were at? Was it was it Blue Heaven or Blue Haven? Blue Heaven. Blue, Blue Heaven. Heaven. Is there something mm-hmm. about that that makes? I mean, it makes me think Metal Gear, but <laughs> uh, another mm. thing that makes me think Metal Gear is the whole dynamic between the space forces, the space pirates, and the outlaws. <laughs> little, yeah, it's kind of like military the, um... sans frontier. <laughs> hmm. The the whole group that uh, Big Boss started. Where it was mil, it's I I don't I don't know what the um, direct translation is, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to just supposed to be militaries without borders. Oh yeah yeah yeah, kind of like doctors without borders. But he's like yeah, but uh, we don't we don't help people too much. <laughs> it's it's the 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 ending line from Mad World. I don't help people. I kill them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it gives me that feel in Metal Gear Solid 5 and kind of, well, it's sort of the, the story that you get illustrated to yourself from 3, 4, and 5 kind of all together mm-hmm. is that you get this feeling of the warrior class kind of not having a place for itself yeah. and being forced into politics where they don't belong. Uh, for people who haven't played Metal Gear, this is kind of Metal Gear doesn't really have much of a political statement to say. It's more like Big Boss just doesn't belong. Like the world that Big Boss exists in, mm-hmm. he ha- he's having to create a different one for himself. But the world he wants to create, he learns and he kind of learns this in Metal Gear Solid 4. 5 is kind of like, you know, 5 is is just filling in some blanks, but in four, he he. By that time, he's realized the world that I want to exist in cannot coexist with the one that is. <clears throat> hmm. But yeah, uh, it's like the the world that exists would have to be destroyed because the world that exists is like, as far as he's concerned, built on the backs of the warrior class, basically not being allowed to live their lives. It's really kind of a um a Doctor Stone situation. Uh, like hmm. what what Sukasa is trying to accomplish is very similar to Outer Heaven, what Big Boss is trying to create. But uh, Blue Heaven in Outlaw Star is kind of this place where you know it's where all of the people who don't fall under the two big factions go. Right, and, uh, and it's like that—that's a huge gradient. Right, and uh, it is a huge gradient. It's it's like got the most the it's got the most types of people. Mm-hmm. None of none of whom are obedient. 
Right. Uh, and could work with either side, depending. But you're meant to get two starkly different impressions from them simultaneously. Like at once, you're supposed to see, okay, these are the people who literally cannot get along with the with either of the two powers that be, which are themselves diametrically opposed. But mm-hmm. then they can get along good enough to have a place where they all come back to and no right. one uses guns because it would doom everyone else. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like you're getting like when that robot breaks through that hallway and she's like, remember, no guns. And he's like, are you kidding me? And she's like, he's not using one. And it pulls out a little blowtorch thing. (laughs) That was such a good moment. But like the giant robot that's coming to kill them is also like sticking with the rule of no guns. Right. That's so that like that was really interesting. And of course, like in my head, I'm thinking now he's going to have to pay for that hole in the wall, though. Right. <laughs> it's like it's, it's the whole honor among thieves, honor among thieves thing mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of get that even though Hilda and uh, McDougal and like the guys he's paid off, even though they're trying to kill each other, there's a mutual respect there that does not exist, for example, when uh, the Katarl Katarl ship comes through. Right. It's like that's that's one of the space forces. They don't they don't have a mutual respect. <clears throat> it but, really it really does. Like <laughs> some of these things remind me of um, the Continental. Yeah, in actually <laughs> in John Wick. It does because there, there's a situation <laughs> where it's like, well, as soon as I don't get significant benefit from killing you then we're cool and and i we both know we're both cool <laughs> right like, eh, no hard feelings john as and soon as it's not beneficial <laughs> right yeah as soon as you don't have the support of the the home base it's like well now anyone can kind of do whatever they want right <clears throat> but uh yeah what i was gonna say <laughs> part of the reason i was bringing that up was how uh, authentic it was explained and, and how this stuff came up. There's there's no big laborious exposition dump in mm-hmm. Outlaw Star. At least in these first three episodes. Maybe there's something I'm forgetting. I mean, I already forgot how long this segment took. If, if I'm being honest, in my memory, this was one episode. <laughs> like, these oh, three. Boy. Like... Once again, I mean, that would be crammed beyond all reason. That would be breakneck. That, that would be like the, the 10 year special for Powerpuff Girls. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just <laughs> called if anyone wants to look that up, it's Powerpuff Girls rule. And it was a situation where they thought they were going to have more than 11 minutes. <laughs> like it was like, oh, this is going to be the 10 year anniversary. We'll take our time. And they're like, no, you got 11 minutes on the block. And there's segments where dialogue is noticeably sped up. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, um, there's no exposition dump. Uh, This kind of lore drop. You're not getting in a lore drop like that. Okay, there is kind of some little lore drops. Like, to be fair, that robot, him mentioning that. When Gene points the gun at him. 
It's kind mm-hmm. of a little lore drop, but the fact that you know why he's pointing the gun at him and then the robot like isn't scared and just explains to him what the situation is. It, yeah, it felt kind of authentic. Like it doesn't it, doesn't it, feel it always happens natural or it feels like it happens naturally. Yeah. And um, then when the Katarl Katarls are introduced, mm-hmm. it's kind of just a fun scene. Well, it's also kind of lore dropping you one of the new races that are going to be important. Right. But like they're showing you rather than telling you like, oh, man, you get so much from the moment where they they say that she has to she has to like be a um, a representative on Sentinel. But then they say the rest of the ship is leaving port and the whole crew goes like starts chanting, leave port, leave port. And it's like <laughs> you get so much of the species like personality because it's like, oh, they just want to go out like they want to start right. moving, like get on their big ship and go go about the, the great unknown. Also, they're mostly shirtless men just chanting, and that's just that's a strong image. And they're all like chiseled. Right. That is just the entire species. Like these are these are the guys that work the deck. Like this isn't this isn't the Marines. This is you know the uh, uh, what's it called in Star Trek where all of the scenes happen. Right, the crew up, yeah. up in the up in the cab or whatever it's called. Yeah, that. <laughs> They they would all be shredded <laughs> if they were all Katarl Katarls. But yeah, no exposition dump like they're just there's no flavor lore text that you have to mm-hmm. read to understand this species. It's like in the short little clips we get of them in episode three, you basically understand their entire species. Right. And um, yeah, it's just really well done. And it's also just really charming. Like they're they're doing it in a very charming way. Yeah, Al- Alastar is probably one of the more charming of the kind of uh, how would you say? I guess space westerns. Like Trigon's very yeah. charming, but but Trigon ha- Trigon has this kind of it it goes from a sort of uh, childishness it has as a shield that is noticeably mm-hmm. being used as a shield and then it really really gets deep dark like once it kind of yeah. lets that go i mean obviously it's still charming like there's a lot of charming character dynamics but when oh, yeah. i think of trigun i don't think of the charm i think of the weight right and then uh cowboy bebop again very charming but when i think of cowboy bebop i kind of think of the hmm, Cowboy Bebop, I, I don't even really like for the story so much. I, I really like it for the um, hmm, what am I trying to say? Uh, the atmosphere is what I like Cowboy Bebop for. Yeah, <clears throat> not so much. The yeah, charm. I would agree with that. And then uh, like th- there's obviously the scenes where it's like, what's this? Bell peppers and beef. <laughs> But we're out of beef. It's like, yeah, that's great. That's charming. That's fun. But not quite to the level the Outlaw Star just keeps it going. Yeah. Like even the moments of, of extreme peril 
are kind of light. They're kind of fun and sometimes funny. Like <laughs> the dude that gets wiped out in the first episode when he tries to shoot him the first time and he just like aggressively chants at the bullet until it goes away. <laughs> right. <laughs> like <laughs> that that made me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, it but it's also it doesn't it's not so light that it relieves the ten or that it relieves the tension of the moment. It's just like <laughs> Yeah, it's still just really fun. Right. Like, uh, uh, I mean, we've barely talked about Melfina beyond the fact mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, this was the inspiration for River Tam. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but like the, the part the part where she's like, you can't perform. And they're like, she's like, oh, sorry, you can't perform. That's too bad. <laughs> like She thought the thing she misunderstood was her being rude. <laughs> Oh, it's well, I'm glad you're enjoying it and I'm glad it's better than I remember it. And when I say better, than I remember it. I just remember when I saw it back in the day, the thing that I remember is not, wow, this is a really well-made anime. The thing I remember was spaceship. (coughs) I like like, spaceship with arms, (laughs) spaceship with arms, but also guy shoot person in bar me likey scene like that. (laughs) <laughs> it was basically everything um all, all of the cosmetics of the show was enough to tell me that's why I liked it was because it's it's such I'm such a mark for this specific mm-hmm. thing. I mean that was that was why I liked I was enjoying Eat Man. Yeah. Not that yeah. it was a great show, just that every all of the bits and pieces that made it look and sound and feel the way it did. It was like I mean I'm in you, you don't have Eat to be man slap woman. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, I love that stuff. <laughs> I seek it out specifically. <laughs> I love me some old 50s romance where at the point where the guy slaps her because she's being hysterical. <laughs> if only we could go back to such an idealistic time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they left out of the Rockwell paintings is when he gives her a nice meaty slap. <clears throat> Bring her to her senses. I did watch the most recent Chappelle special, so I guess it's the closest I'm going to get. <laughs> Just dodge the lasers. Oh, gosh, man. The most recent one, he seems to be deliberately trying to sabotage himself. <laughs> You want to talk about uh, like there there was that great YouTube video about how, how he dodges the lasers. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Dave saw it. <laughs> yeah. And then doubled down. <laughs> no. And then tried to see if he could sabotage himself because <laughs> the last one he said just he said at the beginning, this is going to be my last special for a while. <laughs> so I'm going all the way. <laughs> I think he almost deliberately is trying to force himself in front of every laser just to see, just to see if he could never be allowed to work again. Just to see if I can take it. Well, just to see if anyone else can take it. But yeah. Uh, uh, which, by the way, he dedicated to Norm MacDonald. That was sweet. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome that Norm's dead. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's not. Not. Like, <laughs> I just put that on you. <laughs> so unjust. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, not nah, it is a <clears throat> it is one of those situations where it's like, man, Americans or at least anyone who's not from Europe 
are really good at stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like the British got, they got the funny, dry sketch comedy and stuff like that. But man, they're not good at stand-up like Americans are. Yeah, I don't know very many. In fact, I can't <clears> think <throat> of a stand-up comedian from England that I've like seen a lot of. Uh, I've got one. And it's almost like the exception proves the rule. And it's Eddie Izzard. Mm, Eddie Izzard's okay. stand-up is dynamite. In particular, Dressed to Kill. Everyone should watch that. It's it's freaking hysterical. But okay. uh, when I try to think of British accents in stand-up bits, he's the only one that comes to mind. Uh, all of <laughs> the other funny British people, you know, like I said, they do sketch comedy. They do uh, dry uh, series, stuff like that. And right. they're very good at yeah. that. We like them there. We like them there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, back to Outlaw Star. I was going, this was something I kind of wanted to, uh, lead up to and may, maybe mm-hmm. leave us on. But, uh, I think that either this podcast is going to have to re-diversify or we're going to have to take, uh, some pretty, pretty significant breaks between seasons. Mm, okay. Because I, I think we've kind of, well, we've we've got in mind everything that we're gonna talk about, that's related to belt, per se. I mm-hmm. like, for instance, I don't think Outlaw Star's belt. From my memory, I don't think it is. It's, okay. It's a hero's journey, but as far as the the particulars, the specific like stylistic markers that make something. Uh, a candidate for the genre of belt. I don't think it is, but it was a situation where it was like, I really want to watch that show and I want to talk about it. So this is my mm-hmm. way of doing that. <clears throat> but okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is just kind of thing to fill up time until, you know, we eventually finish covering Gurren Lagann and then cover Kill a Kill. But after Kill a Kill, I mean, what else is there? Dr. Stone season three. What else is coming down the pike? I think that Dr. Stone season three is the only thing that we're looking forward to in the future. Aside from, um, the, my hero movie, if we wanted to cover that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Of course, when stuff's handed to us, we'll cover it. But as far as like maintaining a weekly season type of thing, Mm -hmm. either this turns into, well, you know, this this anime podcast. We're going to review anime, which I'm not against it mm-hmm. turning into. But it, that is a thing where it's like we, we then do kind of stray from the original reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, actually, I don't even know about that. Because remember, the original reason we said we just wanted to have an excuse to talk about anime. But that's true. We, and we also wanted to have an excuse to find good anime. <laughs> that's true. But it's turned out it's a little harder to find. Than I was right. expecting, which I should have known better because, I mean, the the drought that occurred between Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill, like those two being right. released. I remember it, it felt like I was not in the desert, but something near, something near a desert. <laughs> it was like just going from from anime to anime, trying to get trying to get just a crumb of what was gone. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, uh. Really, once we're done with Kill, maybe that's part of the reason why we kind of keep putting it off. It wasn't a thing that we could just like launch through in season one where it's like, we'll just cover everything. 
because I think mm-hmm. I knew I was like, there is very little of this that exists. And then like looking back, it's like stuff that those guys make is not part of the same genre, like BNA, not belt. Right. Uh, Say for the baseball episode, always in our hearts. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, <sighs> just that I've noticed kind of uh, restricting the conversation to is it that makes it to where uh, n- n- nah, it's not. <laughs> and here's why. And uh, I guess we're done, right? Unless we yeah, just unless it, we just want to talk about anime. Right. <laughs> and that, like once we find out that an anime is not belled, it's like, should we keep watching it or mm-hmm. should we not? <laughs> Well, I mean, definitely early on, it was kind of a situation where it's like, well, I'm, I feel kind of compelled to get this out of the way and go try something else. But then mm-hmm. when we kept trying stuff and it clearly wasn't that just more and more brick walls and it wasn't necessarily bad. That was that mm-hmm. was the worst part where it's like this isn't bad. It just isn't part of the part of the genre we want it to be a part of. Right. Um, and then when I saw that poster for uh, Sakuga, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'd like to cover it. It looks interesting. I mean, there's only one episode out right now, so you know we'll we'll probably give it some time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm like, well, once we're done with Girl and Logon, then we're probably going to do Kill a Kill. And uh, the fact that it already looks like season five is going to be the healthiest of all of them. Mm-hmm. And it still doesn't quite seem like I'm not. It's it's like that almost tells me that it's like eh, you probably can't support a constant weekly uh, anime podcast. Mm. Just talking about this specific thing. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess it's. I, I'm just going to say it's up in the air. I, I don't know if uh, this is something. That's the thing. Like, if we if we did change the focus to be just kind of general anime, do I want to do just general anime every week? Yeah, and then and that's something that I've thought, especially like when we're searching for a new show to start. It's like mm-hmm. sifting through all of the isekai and all of that stuff. Is like I don't have an interest to watch that in general, right? Like. It's so, like, oh, let me look at the season and try to find something I might like. It's like, oh, that's so just not, that's not how I operate. Like, I really, stuff has to come to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you have to do the work. Yeah, it's like, listen, you're the one making the anime that needs to get watched. You, you gotta, you gotta make this, you gotta make this good for me. I'm not coming mm-hmm. to you. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, if it's not in the pursuit of honing and, and crafting this this made up genre, I don't know. I don't know if I could, like, even if we did just switch to general anime watching, I don't know if I could if I could make myself do that. So it might be a situation where we might just take some long hiatuses, and then when something catches our attention, maybe we'll do like you know, an episode or two on that. Yeah, but. All I'm saying now is, I guess, just warning people that once the kill a kill well dries up, once that one's done, it's really going to be like a situation where it's like, well, that's over. It's going to have to be yeah. something different now. Uh, but yeah. 
Especially, hmm. I, I think a big contributor to that is how much of a letdown season five of My Hero was. Used to be like our one of our staples. And then yeah. season four being really rough and kind of hard to talk about. And then season five <laughs> just kind of making me mad. <laughs> yeah, and I think that... So when whenever I think of something that really severely disappointed us, I also think of uh, Fire Force. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, that was a huge letdown. It's like, we thought that that was going to be something we could absolutely count on. Right. Man, and we gave it... We gave it way more than it deserved in season two. Mm-hmm. It was way more than three strikes <laughs> that Fire Force got. It's kind of shocking um, the, 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 the how far into it we made it, where it was like we were still putting up with this. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to check back in on it and see like what's going on with it. But eh. I I will say this. I think it might. This is just me talking out loud. I don't know if this is what will happen, but I mean, this is a, a potential path that could go down. I don't know if this would be more or less work, but you remember that thing that I never quite uh, came out with that we recorded that was uh, for Gunbuster 2? Uh, yeah. We like did it on camera and everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I might get around to releasing that. It's it's way on the back burner. But once we kind of run out of Kill a Kill after we run out of Gurren Logon, it could be a thing where maybe instead of keeping this going weekly, we kind of... I just want to... I'm like a freaking waveform. I'm just bouncing up and down constantly. <laughs> but I, I almost... Right after kind of going all in on the opposite of season two, we kind of hit this middle ground, which I mm-hmm. really like. I really like season five. I just wish there were shows to support it. Yeah. But now I'm like, I want to go to the more extreme version of season two where it's like, it's not weekly, but when we come out with episodes, they're substantial. Like they mm. are, they are pieces. Like they're, they're, they're things that you could turn to. They're not just, you know, Hey, let's, Hey, there's a new one out. Let's put it on. It's going to be like, I mean, you know that feeling there, there's certain YouTube channels you get. That like yes. all, they almost never upload, but then they upload something and it's like, I am stopping everything that I was just now doing. <laughs> like I am watching this. Right. I would I, I almost kind of feel like that's what that, that would be the most sustainable form that would also feel satisfying to me creatively. Where it's like we aren't just kind of watching anime. And talking mm-hmm. about anime, but it's like this is something that I feel we need to talk about, and that would almost be like that's the that's the uh, um, the barometer for it. It's like, do we both feel like we need to talk about this? Like if we're yeah. say say we start ex- exchanging mes- messages about an anime or something, and then like at a certain point we'll probably reach it simultaneously because that's what we do. But we'll be like. Maybe we should do an episode about this. Right. Because <laughs> we've had that before while we're watching other things. We're like, we should talk about this. Um, yeah. It could turn into a situation where, you know, maybe that's what we do. 
But like I said, I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing right now. Yeah, and it's definitely still in flux, and we have a lot of things to think about between now and the end of Kill a Kill. Yeah, it's going to take um, a minute to get to. Even if it all came down to only Kill a Kill left, that still mm-hmm. gives us like six episodes or something. Right. More than that. No. Yeah, more. Four episodes. Uh, uh, freaking eight. Eight episodes. Something like that. I believe you. <laughs> eight times three is 24. So, yes, if, if we just focused entirely uh, on Kill a Kill, we get a, yeah. a, around eight up or uh, yeah, eight episodes. Anyway, yeah, um, probably need to wrap it up. The thing with Outlaw Star is that I'm noticing I'm like, I am so happy I'm watching Outlaw Star and has nothing to do with what this podcast is traditionally about. So that's kind of a canary in the coal mine. And it's good that mm. it's coming in a positive format. It isn't coming to me, you know, at the absolute low point, which was desert punk. It's like coming <sighs> coming up here where it's like, I am having the time of my life. This is so great. I, I This is better than I remember. Wow, does it have nothing to do with Gurren Lagan? Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, but it is it is a great time and I am really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like we're kind of just glad we're talking about it. So even if it turns into we're just going to do specials, you know, the, mm-hmm. these kind of long, significant episodes, even then it might not be about belt. I think that kind of that kind of got its. Uh, so I said, I think we're done. I think we we communicated that well maybe by the end of grown log and by the end of kill a kill we could kind of make like a real definitive comprehensive list comprehensive list and maybe even maybe not even so much a list but like a way that it's like it has this element these elements mm-hmm. you know we were talking about a genre to someone it's like pe- people say that uh some movies are action films and i'm like they're literally not there is action in them but unless the uh, character development and the plot and the, like the, the, the relationships, the relationships, unless those are advanced through physical conflict, it is not action. You can have hmm. action set pieces then happen. But if like the, the character arc does not happen through physical conflict with the enemy or with the, with, the, with friend or foe, it is not action. Hmm. And that's that's, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, we can make little stipulations for belt where it's like, unless this happens in this way, it's like you you could think that maybe this is in the same genre, but it's not. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like John Wick, pure action, because all of it happens through physical conflict. Like, yeah. The other one that I thought of was like it, man. Right. All of the emotional stuff is through physical conflict. I mean, The mm-hmm. Matrix, great, great line in, Ma- in The Matrix Reloaded where he's like, <clears throat> um, he's like, you can never truly know someone until you have fought them. I'm like, mm-hmm. that sums up character development in action films perfectly. Yeah. It's like, oh, we could have a scene we could have a, a funny little awkward conversation at a restaurant. It's like, okay, that's romantic comedy. That's how you do the character development in that. If it's action, some fists got to be flying. 
or, or mm-hmm. some some hammers got to be hitting the back of bullet casings. You got to have something's going on or it ain't action. It could be a story, could be a movie. Yes, but it's not action. So right. we'll just do that for right. belt by the end of it. And uh, hey, maybe that'll be kind of our first special where it's like we start this with an objective and we lay it out in this way. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff's evolving. Things are changing. Uh, I I love the name Spiral Hour too much, and it makes me too proud of myself to ever change it to anything else. (laughs) I think adding the subtitle for season three uh, almost killed me a little bit as much as I liked it. But it's kind of like, ooh, you're attaching something to something that that does not need. It's already perfect. (laughs) So even if the show takes a different format, I just want to call it Spiral Hour. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we can probably wrap this up. I yeah. could. Uh, I'm probably. Is the sun coming up yet? Pfft, no, still pitch black. Man, I. This is the thing I don't like about fall. It's too much dark. Yeah, but there is. I do love the darkness right before the sun rises. Like I love it. I, I, I wish that the sun was peeking up just a little bit. See, like the, the, the like the sky was like getting bluish. See, you're a freaking liar. You just said you like the darkness before the sun rises, but no, you dangle don't. You yeah, like it when I, the sun rises. I, I, I corrected myself, so yes, <laughs> you are correct. I wish that the sun was a little bit higher, but not up. Like, I really like that twilight. Yeah. Dude, yesterday, I, I was running. I was, I don't want to dox myself. <laughs> I do something different to make money now. But when I was out, <laughs> people are going to like, is he a gigolo? <laughs> That's the first you work thing. in corners. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm on the corner, you know, uh, spinning, spinning a lanyard around. That's all I know gets the attention. Anyway, <laughs> yesterday when I was out, I was like, oh, it's here. The crispness in the air. There's a different mm-hmm. color to everything. It's like the trees are starting to change. The wind blows and you hear that little of all the dead leaves on the ground. It's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting spooky, which made yeah. me think, should we try to come up with something to release on Halloween? Ooh, because I always I, love that. I love me a Halloween special. I don't need no I, special for no other holiday, but Halloween, those are always good. I think we should find something. We should we should find. All right. Something. Well, we're going to have to we're going to have to do some scrounging, but I'm, I'm sure we'll find something. You know, did yeah. we ever did we ever try? Did we ever try to cover Soul Eater? It's not built. I don't think we did. It also didn't get finished. Uh, maybe something like that. Maybe solely. I don't know. We could do something else too. It doesn't have to be solely. I don't think when I watched solely again recently, I'm like, yes, I liked this when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15 years old. What of it? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did not watch past. Oh gosh, their teacher that died and turned into a zombie. What? I don't. That's like the very beginning. Was it? You're talking about you're no. T- then maybe I did watch a little. You're bit You're talking further. about like the gym teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like episode no. one. Then maybe then maybe uh, I definitely watched past episode one. Yeah. No, I I watched the finale in your house. Maybe you weren't in there. I mean, it could have just been. A snow day where like me and the boys were there and you were like upstairs or doing something else and we were just using your TV. 
or still asleep. Who knows? That's true. You could have still been asleep. And I just saw the finale. I remember being colossally disappointed in the finale. The, f- the finale for Soul Eater, the anime, is basically, mm-hmm. hey, go read the manga. We ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's this, sad. Yeah, this isn't this isn't going to be wrapped up here. Oopsie daisy. Go go read the manga. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Uh, we be, we, yeah, we should we should we should we should find something for uh, for Halloween, something spooky. All right. Gosh, I'm 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 dying for something spooky, dude. I'm in the mood for it. When I when I came uh, home yesterday, they had uh, Twitches playing on the TV in my house. Hmm. Do you remember Twitches? Right. Oh, I thought you said witches, no, as no, in no. like the the movie that just recently. All right. I don't even know about that one. But Twitch is the, the one with the uh, uh, TN Tamara from Sister yeah, Sister. Yeah, man. Oh, gosh. Those are names that I haven't heard in years. Here's the thing. When Twitches came out, that was names people hadn't heard in years. Oh. <laughs> like, like Sister Sister was in the past when uh, Twitches <laughs> came out. And then you go and you watch it there and it's like, it, it's like, okay, <clears throat> it's what I think is going to happen when... You go back and you watch, like, say, 20 years from now. In 20 mm-hmm. years, you see, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy, you see the prequels, and then you see the sequels. Not that you would do that, but <laughs> when you when you yeah. watch the sequels with that much time removed, and the point about the sequels was, look how much time passed. Huh. Gave me a similar feeling to that where it's like, yeah, this is not what I remember these people for. And this movie is insisting I remember them for something else. <laughs> anyway, God, man, interesting. Ma- massive digression. We got to we got to freaking shut up. We'll see you all next time. Uh, don't kill people. The killing killing is bad. bad. Killing people. <laughs> don't. Kill. We're just going to butcher it. We're just going <laughs> to butcher poor old Taiju's inspiring language. I need him back in my life. Oh, yeah, man. You know what I might do? <clears throat> Watching Firefly and Gurren Lagann got me feeling like just repeating things that I watch and never watching anything new ever again. I kind of just want to watch <laughs> season one of Dr. Stone. I never watched the dub. Yeah, I didn't either. wonder if it's any I, good. I, oh, I should ask. Are, are you watching the sub or the dub for Outlaw Star? I'm watching the dub. Yeah, it's great. Mm hmm. It, came it is out, fantastic. I, I'm pretty sure it was done by kind of the same group that did uh, um, Cowboy Bebop. Because, you know, you got Jet basically doing the, the narration of the intros. Mm-hmm. Same guy. But uh, no Steve Bloom to be found yet. I don't remember if he had a character <laughs> later. But it's always unfortunate when he's not in an anime. <laughs> it's like, dang right. it. This one doesn't have Steve Bloom. At best, it gets an 8 out of 10. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, see y'all next week. God, we gotta... Ugh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
けめないで消せないで負けないで誰だってモテるはず譲れないもの愛だけ夢だけ君だけそれだけは離さないどんな時でも